Well, we have a, a pretty wonderful, a deep, and rich reading in our first reading here. We're looking at um, Abram. Uh, I'm going to just refer to him as Abraham. At this point in Genesis, it's uh, before his name changed from Abram to Abraham, but I'm going to refer to him as Abraham because that's how we know him. Our father Abraham, our father in faith. So important for us to have a really kind of a devotion to this man. He's an individual. He's not some kind of abstract character floating around in the Bible somewhere that we don't know anything about. He is the father of our faith, and we are his descendants. So when, when God says to Abram, to Abraham, I'm going to make your descendants like the dust of the earth. You're looking at them right here. We're it. We're part of the dust of the earth. Okay, so we're the spiritual progeny of this guy. Very important saint in our tradition. Uh, I know on the um, when I when I go when I'm with the deathbed, you know, um, with someone on their deathbed, and we do the commendation of the dying. We do the litany of the saints, and one of the first saints says, "We." Say, Abram, Abraham, father of faith, pray for him. Okay, so it's like, you know, this is a spiritual child of Abraham returning to the bosom of his of his spiritual father. So, you know, we don't want we we got to be careful to always take a very personal and concrete approach to the saints that we read of in the Bible. And Abraham is so holy; he was so virtuous. Um, I love this interchange between him and his nephew Lot. Uh, you got to understand us. This is, Abraham was Abraham was very rich in livestock and silver and gold. Now Abraham was, in terms of this world, an incredibly competent and uh, skillful man. He had a huge amount of property. At one point, he goes into battle against these kings. Uh, actually, we heard about it this past Sunday, and, and this interchange between him and Melchizedek, but. He goes into these, this battle uh, against these kings to save his nephew Lot, who gets in trouble a little bit later on. And he leads 318 uh, uh, bond servants of his that were born in his household in battle. So we're talking, he's, he's got a retinue of thousands of people, okay, probably four, five, six thousand people, who are going with him through the desert. All right, he's a Bedouin, basically he lives a nomadic life. But he's like a king. He's like a little chieftain or king. Uh, so you have to understand he's incredibly competent at war. It says in our text here, it says the Canaanites and the Perizzites were in the land at that time. So he's got all of these neighboring tribes who've got thousands of people of their own who could kill his people. So he's got to be diplomatic. He's got to know kind of politics and how to navigate his way through this territory. He's the stranger there. So he's got to really know what he's doing. Um, Politician, you know, a little mini politician, uh, a warrior, uh, a, a, the leader of a, of a war band, and he's got huge amounts of property. Where did he get this property? Well, he's industrious, he's knowledgeable, he's he's prudent, he knows what he's doing, he knows how to generate wealth. Okay, so this guy is incredibly competent when it comes to the things of this world, and yet he has got his mind set on eternity. He's a completely spiritual man. And we see his great humility here. So, you know, all of his property and then the property of his nephew, they're kind of like doing this <laughs> with each other. And so Abraham, in his great humility, says to his nephew Lot, he says, okay, you, uh, let's separate from each other because we, you know, we can't stick together anymore. We gotta, we gotta have new territory for our flocks. But you choose what you, where you want to go. 
So in humility, he defers to Lot. Now, the person who chooses first often chooses the best, right? And so Abraham is totally confident. He's secure in God that even if he gets the least, you know, uh, valuable set property, he's okay. He's going to be okay. All right. So he's even though he's so wealthy, he's not out to. He's not grasping. He's not clinging to this earth as if this is his eternal destiny. This is the only thing he's got in life, and so he's going to fight for it. For crying out loud, that's not his goal in life. He's got his eyes set on eternity. So he says to you know his nephew, "Take what you want." And of course, he takes a really nice portion of land. He looks eastward to the Jordan uh, Valley. Today it's like the Dead Sea is there, and that time it was incredibly lush. Now it's like kind of a desert, but at that time, 4,000 years ago, it was totally lush. It, it likens it to the Garden of Eden, and it says it's like Egypt. Okay, now again, we think of Egypt as a desert, but at that time, especially along the, um, the Nile River bed, it was very lush. Egypt was known as, a, you know, God's country, so to speak. It's like the, the perfect place, you know, where you'd want to go. Tons of prosperity. But it was sinful. Okay? And so it likens all of that Jordan Valley to Egypt as well. So this is Lot. He's got his mind set on this earth. And he's going to fight for his what it's got, he's got coming to him. He's going to take the best portion. Okay? And he gets himself in trouble, and then Abraham's got to go get him out of trouble <laughs> by fighting this battle to save his life. Okay, but this is this is the earthly, carnal-minded Lot and the spiritual-minded Abraham. And after that great act of humility and deference, God then speaks to him His promise. He says, "Look to the north, look to the south, look to the west, look to the east. East is where, right, where Lot went." All of this land I'm going to give to you and to your descendants. Now, Abraham knows, I believe this very, very truly. When God makes that promise to him, Abraham knows what God is talking about is eternity. He's talking about the glory of the world to come. He's talking about the resurrection of the dead. Because Abraham was a stranger in the land. It was, it was inhabited by Canaanites and Perizzites. It was, there's tons of people that were not his descendants were in this land. Okay? He didn't own a footbreadth of it. Okay, he was just a sojourner there, and he died in that same situation. He knew that the promise of God pertained to the resurrection of the dead. Abraham believed by faith that God would raise him from the dead, and that he would be in communion with all his spiritual descendants, and that they would possess the land. Not only that, think about this: if his descendants are as numerous as the, as the dust of the earth, how are they going to fit in that little land of Palestine? Okay. So he understands, Abraham understands, that God is promising him to be the heir of the universe, not just this little piece of land in Palestine. Okay, And that's why Jesus says, Blessed are the, uh, blessed are the meek, for theirs is the... <clears throat> blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the earth. And that, that word earth can also be translated land, but it's really earth, and then earth has the implication of universe. Alright? So my point here is that Abraham, he, he was the poor in spirit. Okay? Even though he was rich, 
materially. He knew that his ultimate dependence was upon God. And he didn't have to fight for his position in life and get what was coming to him and all of that kind of stuff. He knew that the whole universe, he was heir of the whole universe. And this is what St. Paul says in Corinthians. It says, um, you know, people stop fighting each other. Don't worry as if, you know, you've got to cling to your own because all things are yours, okay, and you are Christ's. All things are ours as Christians, and we are Christ. Because Christ is heir of the universe, we're heir of the universe too. We're rich beyond our, our wildest dreams. And so the application for us, my brothers and sisters, is, you know, we can live our lives deferring to others in humility, and we can be successful in this world, but yet if this world is the only thing we think we've got, you know, the here and the now, we're, we're really missing the big picture. And we're not children of Abraham. We're not true spiritual children of Abraham. So like Abraham, let's walk in humility. Let's not grasp at earthly things. Let's set our minds on eternity. Let's be confident that God has got such good things for us in the future that we don't have to worry about the here and the now. We can walk by faith and hope in that great gift that God has for us in the future in the resurrection of the dead.